Thanks, guys. It was great worship. Great worship. Well, hello. I'm Cameron. Nice to see you. <laughs> Happy 2017. Yeah. Happy New Year. Yeah. I agree that the, the rain, waking up on a new year with the rain, doesn't it just kind of feel like, ah, oh, fresh start, fresh beginning. Um, but I do want to say, first of all, that Matt, you know, I also had a baby this year, so... <laughs> So did Joe, and so did Jamie. We had four staff members uh, have babies this year, which is cool. <laughs> which is funny, seeing as like I was about to like lead in with like 2016 has been tough, right? Uh, 2016 has been a challenging year um, for those who have not had kids and had kids. That's an adjustment for those who have had one kid like me and went to two. That's an adjustment, right? Um, but. No, it's 2016, though, it was a tough year. It was a challenging year. And in uh, so much, I, I mean, even this morning, opening up my phone, I almost don't want to look at the news anymore, right? Am I right? Am I alone? It's, it's so much. And I just feel like this past, the past 12 months have been, have been a challenge in so many ways. In so many ways. You look at the life of our church, right? The past 12 months, we've gone through some some huge transition, some huge change. And um, we thank you for being here, being here in the new year to kick it off, right? And it's, it is going to be a great season. I just feel it. I just feel all God has had his hand on our church every step of the way. The past 20 years, 21 years, God has continued to bless this community in this neighborhood. And he's going to do it again. He's going to do it in, again in 2017. And uh, we're, we're just excited to start. But I, I thought it was kind of interesting. So um, does anybody pay attention to the Chinese like, Zodiac calendar? Right? Does anybody know what 2016 was? It was the year of the monkey, right? <laughs> yes, it felt like the year of the monkey, right? <laughs> Especially the political arena, right? It felt, I feel like every four years is the year of the monkey, right? It's like uh, over and over and over and over again. We're like, wow, oh, man, the year of the monkey... And I don't really pay attention or read into that, uh, but it's supposed to be encouragement. I don't know if it is for you, not for me, but 2017, you know what it's supposed to be? You're the rooster. <laughs> the rooster. I've had a rooster, and that's not an encouragement to me. Like, uh, you know, so like every single morning it crows and wakes me. It's like one of the most annoying things in the world. And, um, and it chases all of our other chickens. We had this one rooster. Um, my wife is like a crazy chicken lady, so if you don't know that, but uh, we had this rooster, and, uh, and we let Knox name, name this chicken when it was a chick, and he named it Girl, right? And it turned out to be a boy. So then we had to have a tough conversation with Knox. And, um, no, but then we renamed it Boy when it turned out to be a rooster, and uh, it was just this black... Uh, ball of, of just, I called it Liza Minnelli, even after it, we changed it to uh, a rooster, so I called it Liza Minnelli. Anyway, you don't want to hear that. That, that shouldn't be an encouragement to you. Um, 2017, I don't read a lot into that. I don't think that that, that dictates our year, uh, but today we're going to focus on a story that I think really does. It, it highlights some truths for us that are true today and they're going to be true this year. I, I thought it would be a great way to kick off uh, the story in, in chapter 16 of Matthew. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn open to Matthew chapter 16. And we're going to look at the story of one of my favorite people in the Bible. 
His name's Peter. And Peter is, is fascinating to me. And we know a few things about Peter. He was, he was a fisherman. Um, he was one of the, he was probably the leader of the early church. And, and Peter, um, he had, so if, if you study movie or if you study film or stories, you know that there's kind of, there's kind of two plots. There's, there's a commercial plot, which is like up and to the right. Right? So it's like Thor, it's like Captain America, it's like um, all these stories that you go, it's commercial because it makes a lot of money, right? Everything's up and to the right, and you have like these, these downtimes or you have these, these, these things that happen to the, the main character of these stories, but they always end up on top, winning, right? And they get the final victory. And then there's something called a literary plot, and some of you like these movies, right? So it's kind of like this inner journey, and it's up and down, and then like way down, and then like way down, and then like up a little bit, and then like way down at the bottom. But you see in these stories, this transformation that happens inside the character. And that's Peter. We see him at the beginning kind of having this story, and then throughout his life, he has these down, down moments. Um, and I feel like I can relate to that. This is, this is my story. I, I live more of, it's not always up and to the right, you know, we know those people, right? <laughs> um, and they are probably not here because they were partying a lot last night, right? <laughs> um, anyway, so um, Matthew 16, I love this. We're going to start in, in verse 13. And I just want to point out a few truths today, just three truths in this story as, as we dive in into the word. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, now, if you don't know, um, this so kind of a setting here. This is chapter 16, so there's been 15 chapters before this in the life of Jesus. So this is the gospel, it's the story of Jesus. And so Jesus has done a lot of things at this point. He's fed 4,000, he's, he's done a lot of miraculous healings, he's, he's been all over, right? And so Caesarea Philippi is on the very northern side, almost to the, the very tip of where Jesus had his ministry when he when he was alive. And so he traveled up there. And so this is kind of a while. This is kind of nearing the end of Jesus's time. And at, you know, at this point, he has a lot of followers. A lot of followers have come and been around him. And he asked his disciples, not just the 12, but probably more than that. He asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? The Son of Man, um, that's just the way that Jesus referred to himself time and time again from Daniel, if you, if you know, um, I think that points a lot to his vocation, the Son of Man, the Son of Man came to serve, right? Um, but that's, that's what that means. It's, it's, he's talking about himself. Who do people say the Son of Man is? And his disciples replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And if you were Hebrew at this time, that was the perfect answer, okay? Because you're still waiting like Jesus has started his ministry and he started doing some things and there's a lot of people talking about who this man is and what's going on. Um, but you, you know, this is a safe answer. He's, he's a prophet. He's a good teacher. I think a lot of people in our world today still kind of go to the safe answer. You know, who's Jesus? I don't want to buy into it too much, you know, but he's a prophet. He's a good teacher. And that's kind of what his disciples are saying. But then in Jesus' fashion, he cuts a little bit deeper but what about you, he asked. Who do you say I am? And Simon Peter, so Simon, 
Peter, who we're talking about today, answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. You are the Messiah. Messiah, as the word N.T. Wright describes it as um, this person that we've been waiting for. The whole world is, is in this expectation of, of this king that will come and restore everything. Messiah is like the anointed king is what that means. You are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And I think that this is our first truth that I want to talk about. Because I think when, when Jesus is asking this question, who do people say that I am? The majority of the disciples, you know, hey, you're Elijah, you know, you're a prophet, you're a teacher, but who do you? And Peter catches on to something. He says, you're the Messiah. And I think the reason he has such a great answer for this is because he's been around, he's been around Jesus. He's been around him. And I think the first truth is that God reveals himself to us in new and surprising ways all the time. And he surprised Peter. If you follow the story of Peter, he surprised Peter. And Peter got to know him. I'm the Messiah. I'm not just a teacher. I'm not just a prophet. But he didn't necessarily say that. He didn't keep coming back to that. But Peter witnessed it. And I think if we pay attention in 2017, God wants to reveal to us new and surprising things this year to us. But it takes an openness to that takes an openness to answer those questions. Who do you say that I am? Cameron, who do you say that I am? Peter, who do you say that I am? You're the Messiah, son of the living God. And so when, when I moved to, to, to Phoenix, I hated the desert, <laughs> like hated it. And, um, and Kelly and I, when we were talking about where to live, it was like, no, not the desert. Anywhere but the desert. But uh, somehow God let us here, right? <laughs> he has a way of doing that. And we moved in August. So, um, yes, that was awesome. Um, so we moved here, and, uh, and I, I really didn't know at this point in, in my journey, you know, am I, am I going to be a pastor? Am I going to be a teacher? Am I, you know, what am I going to do? What, what is gonna be, what's my life going to be about? And I found one of the very first weeks I was here, I was surrounded by mountains. In Kansas, where I'm from, there's no mountains. It's just flat. And so I was like, man, I should probably hike that. That seems like a lot of work, but <laughs> I should probably get up on one of those mountains. And I grew up around the Rocky Mountains, which are really big, right? But I got out into these mountains, and it was, and it was hot, and it was dry. And I came just expecting God to show up, and he did. And he did, and he did. And, I, and again and again, I get up to the mountains, and Kelly, to the point that Kelly bought me something in our room, and it's a sign that says, the mountains are calling, and I must go. <laughs> but I remember that moment. I remember that trail. I was sitting there just asking God, God, who are you? Who am I? What is this new journey going to bring? I felt alone, desert, new place, didn't know a lot of people. And I sat there, who are you? Who am I? And God revealed himself to me and has continued to, to the point that, like, I'm, I can't get enough of the mountains. I have to go constantly, constantly to the mountains, just looking for what God is going to reveal to me. And he continues to do that. There's this great quote. I think this is so fitting for the season that we're in. Frederick Buchner is one of my favorite authors, and he just has a way of putting words. 
He says, those who believe in God can never be sure of him again. Once they have seen him in a stable, they can never be sure of where he will appear or what lengths he will go or to what ludicrous depths of self-humiliation he will descend in his wild pursuit of humankind. I would say in his wild pursuit of you. And if he showed up as a baby in a manger, in a stable, when nobody was expecting it, in the way that nobody imagined it, how is he going to show up in your life in 2017? If you're ready. I think there's a big if there. If we're open to it. If we're looking for God to show up, he will reveal himself in new and surprising ways throughout our year. Every day if we want. And so that's why for me, this year, I bought a journal. I was like, uh, what does this actually mean? What, like, practically speaking, how do, how do I do this? And so I bought a journal, and I, I've committed, you know, some of you make these resolutions or goals or whatever they are for this year. Uh, for me, it was like, I need to buy a journal, and I start, need, to, need to start recording what God's doing in my life. Because I've, it's, it's a lost art in so many ways. And, and I used to do it, and I used to write my prayers down, and then I'd go back kind of at the end of the year and highlight or underline in like a red pen and it's amazing the prayers that God answers, the way he speaks to us. He doesn't just answer them. He doesn't just hear our prayers, but he changes us. He reveals himself to us. He doesn't just help somebody overcome a trial. He teaches us compassion and mercy and love and grace in the process. Am I right? Am I right? God continues to reveal his character and his personhood to us. If we're open, if we're open to this baby in the stable, right, new and surprising ways. So that's something I need to work on in 2017, and maybe that's for you too. But back to this story, Matthew 16. Jesus replies to Peter, verse 17. Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. He reveals himself to us, right? And I tell you that you are Peter. Now, we know him as Peter, but this is the point of the story, that his name is changed. <laughs> See, we went by Simon, son of jo Jonah. He went by Simon. And Peter changes his name. You're no longer going to be called Simon. You're going to be called Peter, which means rock. In Greek, it's Petrus. In uh, Aramaic, which Jesus would have been speaking, it's Kepha. We call it Cephas. You are Kepha. And on this Kepha, it's the same word as rock. So our translation changes it. You'll be called Peter, capital P, right? And on this rock, I will build my church. The way Jesus would have said it is, I'm changing your name to rock. That's a pretty cool name, right? <laughs> like if Jesus is going to name it, you know, uh, well, maybe not as cool anymore. The Rock, right, is, um, I don't know that I want to fall in his footsteps. But um, this idea of like, you are rock. If Jesus spoke that to me, you are solid. You are a mountain. And on this mountain, I'm going to build my church. He gives him a new name. And I think that's the second truth in this story. that Jesus changes us. Have you ever wanted to change your name? Anybody? No? Everybody's good with their name? Um, so when I go to Starbucks and they say, what do you, you know, what do you have? And I get like a, 
ton of shots of espresso and a ton of shots of sugar, so you don't ever want to order drinks with me because then I'm wired like after it. But anyway, so I order my drink, and they're like, that was weird. And they're like, what's your name? Because they always ask. I'm Cameron. And they spell it wrong every single time. I don't know why. Like, Cameron's a pretty popular name, right? So, but, but Cameron, and they always spell it with a K, and they always, like, sometimes they'll put an apostrophe, like Cameron. I'm like, I am... <laughs> I am not a rapper, and <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know where you got that, like, you know, so I, I told Kelly, I'm just going to start going by Cam, maybe that's a little easier, Cam, Cameron, but when I was younger, I wanted to change my name to Zach. I don't know, I thought it was cool, Saved by the Bell, right, Zach, you know, he's the cool kid, right? Um, Jordan, anybody want to change their name to Jordan, Michael Jordan, right? Um, for me, I was a Cowboys fan, so Emmett, Emmett Smith, right? Um, not Sayers or something like that. So, um, but Emmett Smith, that was a big, that was a big name. But so, sometimes it's not just names, but vocation and identity, doctor, engineer, teacher, stay-at-home mom, grandpa, mom, dad. Those are the names that we wear. And sometimes we just fight so much against the name we've been given, deceiver liar. But the encounter with Jesus, when we encounter Jesus, he has the power and capacity to change our name, to completely change us. When we look at the story of Peter, we're going to flip around a little bit because I think it's, it's his story, this literary plot that he's living is so fascinating. Flip back to Matthew, same, same book of the Bible, chapter, chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4. This is the beginning of Jesus' ministry. He just starts and calls his first disciples. Verse 18, as Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, called Peter. Now this was inserted, right? So he wasn't called Peter at this point. It's called Peter later. It's the story that we're looking at. And his brother, Andrew. So we saw Simon and Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Fisherman is like the lowest rung <laughs> on the totem pole. You don't want to be a fisherman. You know, you're out on the oceans. And it sounds fun kind of when we're in the desert, you know, oh, you know, out on the oceans, that sounds great. Want to go to the beach? No. Like it's dirty, it was smelly. When it's raining, when it's storming, when it's windy, you're you have to be catching fish for your livelihood. Especially at this time, you know, you don't have like the sonar and all of that. You're you're like out there with nets trying to catch fish. And so you have to read, you, you have to know the, the culture and, and what, not the culture, the, 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 the landscape and what the seas look like. And so you had to be in the water all the time. You just think about just a soggy, dirty, messy profession. And all of his friends were probably studying scriptures or things like that. Verse 19, come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. Now, this isn't just a cute saying. And some translations say, I will make you fishers of men. Come follow me and I will, I will make you fishers of men. And in our English, we, we a lot of times see, oh, that, you know, the cool play on words. You're a fisherman, I'll make you a fisher of men. But that's not what's happening here. Fisher of men was known at this time as a way that you said, disciple. Come follow me and I will make you my disciple. It's an invitation 
to experience him, to impart part of who he is, and not just teach. So a disciple is much, much deeper, much more provocative than just a student, right, or a pupil. You will become my apprentice. You will become my disciple. I will teach you my ways. I will teach you how to be like me. I will impart everything that I am into you. That's what he would have heard with, I will make you a fisher of men. That's a high calling. But when we look at the story, so chapter 16 of Peter, I'm going to call you rock. Was he deserving of that title? <laughs> if you look at the beginning of the story, no. He was, a, he was a fisherman. Society has told him, no, you're not qualified. You're not worthy. And our society sometimes tells us that same thing. Our family, our friends, our enemies tell us that same thing. You are not qualified. But Jesus has this open invitation to change us. Come, follow me, and I will make you my disciple. I will teach you. I will change you. I will transform you. If, here's the other big if, if you're open to it. God will reveal himself to us if we're open to it. God will change us and give us a new name, a new identity if we're open to it. We're going to skip to Acts, okay? This is the last time I'm going to really make you jump around. So Acts chapter 4, if you have your Bible. So we have the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and then Acts. And Acts is kind of the, 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 the early church, and it's starting. And um, so you have Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and then Acts comes on. Acts chapter 4. And the phone's ringing, telling us, pay attention I love this. This is one of my favorite verses, and it so often goes unnoticed, but Acts chapter 4, verse 13. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished. And they took note that these men had been with Jesus. They had been with Jesus. Unschooled ordinary men, fishermen. They were astonished because these men had been with Jesus. Jesus discipled them. He transformed them. He gave them a new name. Do you need a new name in 2017? Here's how you, here's how you find it. Move closer to Jesus. And I know that, like, that's easier said than done. Yes, that's the point. That's the point. He transforms us slowly over time. Lean into Jesus. I think this is a great question. Can people tell that you've been with Jesus? When I go up on the mountains, sometimes Kelly, if it's been a few days, she'll just say, go on a run. <laughs> get out. Go on the mountains. Get out of here. You know, you're stressed. You have anxiety or whatever. For me, that's the thing. I have to go just get into the mountains because that's where I've come to really experience God these last few years. And I've come down a changed person, right? Changed, oh, let me do the dishes, right? Or let me um, help out around the house or whatever. And she's like, thank God, <laughs> you know? Um, so she tells me every day now, every morning, go to the mountains. No, I'm just joking. Um, <laughs> but for some of you, you know, we're going to talk about the series starting next week and the next month. We're going to be looking at um, these, these spiritual rhythms, 
And really, these are pathways, pathways to experience God. And all of us are different. You know, you take these personality tests or whatever, and all of us are, are different. And we experience God in new and filling ways, all of us differently. There's no clear-cut way. It's just move closer to Jesus, whatever that looks like for you. And so we're going to be diving into this the next few weeks. So, so there's a second truth. Come back. Come back in here, uh, but explore Jesus. Move closer to Jesus. He's inviting us, and he's going to give us a new name if we do. He promises to transform and change us. I thought this was interesting. 16% of people, by the way, I was looking at 16% of people, this is now the number one resolution for 2017, to be a better person. 16% of people. I just want to be a better person. Yeah, me too. And all the politics that have gone on, they say that that's probably what pushed people to say, yeah, I want to be a better person. Here's the answer. If that's your resolution, move closer to Jesus. He will transform you. He will change you. He will call you by a new name. Third and final truth that we'll look at today, although there's so much in this story that we could spend hours here. Verse 19 in Matthew chapter 16. Actually, let's back up for a second to 18 again. And I tell you that you are Peter. You are rock, and on this rock I will build my church. And the gates of Hades will not overcome it. That's not, Hades sounds like fire rooster, right? That's the year of the Chinese uh, fire rooster. Um, the things that you experience in 2017 will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. That's full authority. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. He's given Peter so much authority and power in this new name. Then he ordered his disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. His time wasn't ready yet. He knew. His time's not ready yet. From that time on, verse 21, from that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem, go back to Jerusalem, and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed, and on the third day be raised to life. Verse 22, Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. <laughs> you guys, do, what just happened? Wait, wait. Peter, like what just happened? Like Jesus just gave you a new name. You were the rock. You were so unqualified, but now you're qualified. I have made you qualified. You have called me Messiah. I have given you the keys to the kingdom. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Never, Lord, he said. This shall never happen to you. And Jesus, I love this. <laughs> Jesus turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. <laughs> you do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. This is reassuring to me, <laughs> because if Peter, who's called rock and given the keys to the kingdom, can, can take this kind of downturn, right, um, then in our lives, in my life, I know that there's still hope. And the, the story gets better for Peter, by the way. It gets better, as we saw, you know, Acts, which was after this. He does become the leader of the church. But there's this great story, because I'm confronted with this all the time. I want to be awesome. I want to be great. I want to be rock. But I often fail. I'm often less than what I want to be, less than what I strive to be. And there's this story, this rabbi named Akai. 
It's an ancient story. And Akai was walking home one evening, and he got kind of lost in his mind, like all of us do sometimes. He's just lost in his mind and not really thinking, probably thinking about the year of the monkey, right? <laughs> just lost in his mind, like, what is going on? And it was, it was, the sun was setting, so it was getting dark, and there's this point in the road where he normally veers to the left to go home. Um, but this time, he unknowingly veers to the right. And with, before he realized it, it was like dark, and he was like looking around, and all of a sudden, out of the darkness, he heard a voice say, who are you? What are you doing here? He had stumbled into a Roman military outpost. A Roman soldier said, who are you? What are you doing here? He said, um, can you say that again? <laughs> what would you, I'd be like, um, I don't know, I'm sorry, I missed my turn, right? Can you say that again? Who are you? What are you doing here? And Akai stopped for a second, collected his thoughts, and said, how much are they paying you? Um, <laughs> the soldier, surprised by the question. Uh, a den denarius every day, which I think is a solid wage, right, for a soldier in the Roman army. And he said, I will pay you, I will double your wages, I will pay you two denarii every day if you come to my house and ask me those same two questions. Who are you? What are you doing here? Because like Peter, even when we have a new name, we forget. And I need to be reminded constantly that I am a child of God. I need to be reminded constantly what my name and identity is because God doesn't just give us a new name. He gives us a new identity. And he doesn't just give us a new identity. He gives us a new mission. And the mission is always tied to that identity. Think about Peter. You will be called Rock. That's not a stagnant name. It's not like, oh, you know, you're called Rock. No, it's you are going to be the rock upon which I will build my church. You are going to be a solid foundation of my church. If you look at the names throughout the Bible, it's fascinating. I spent the past few weeks just kind of going through the sermon, just looking at the names of the Bible. You see uh, Abram and Sarai get their names changed to Abraham. You will be the father of many. Sarai to Sarah. You will be the mother of nations. Jacob. He changes his name from Deceiver, right? The Deceiver, which is a terrible name. Don't ever name your kids Deceiver. Um, he gets it changed to wrestle with God, has the power of God, right? You look at Peter, he'll be called Rock. But from the beginning, God calls us by name and says, you will be my chosen nation, to be a light. He gives us a mission, not just a new identity. He gives us a mission. And this year, I think that God is giving some of us a new identity and a new mission. Not just a new name. He's not just going to change us. He's going to give us something to work on, something to do. He's going to give us the power to fulfill that mission and what he has on our hearts this year. So maybe children of God, right? That's a name no, that means you're, you're an heir now. If you give the, the name beloved, it doesn't just mean that you're loved, it means that you're supposed to be love. It gives you the name disciple, learn, become. 
do. Every identity that God gives us has a mission. So, as I uh, kind of land this plane here today in this story of Peter, 2016 was a tough year, yes. Every year has its challenges. Every year can be a tough year. But the story of Peter, I'm reminded of these, these truths of who God is and who he's calling us to be, who he's calling me to be. And for some of us, today, in this year, like me, we need to journal and just begin opening our eyes and our hearts and our minds. I love in Ephesians, I pray that the eyes of your heart would be opened so that you may experience God in new ways. Right? Some of us need that today. God, we need to experience you in new ways. I need to experience you in a new way this year. And maybe today you need to write that on a card and place it on the cross. Or light a candle. Just, God, I want to experience you today. Maybe that's going on a run, getting in the mountains. Maybe it's for you just reading. Maybe it's just taking time in prayer. Some of you have been called terrible names. And people have given you an identity that you don't want anymore. Move close to Jesus. He can change that. He can change that. And he will change that if we're open to it. If we allow him in. For some of us, we just feel stagnant. God, who, you know, what's 2016 leaving behind and what's 2017 bringing ahead? God's giving you a new identity and a new mission and a new purpose if, again, these truths, these are truths if we allow them to be, if we allow him to transform us and give us a new identity and a new mission, just like Peter, which is a true for him and it's true for us and it's true for us each and every day. It's true for us for 2017 as we kick off this new year. Amen? Let's pray as the band leads us in worship and we kick off this new year right. Fresh start. You are my beloved, God says. And it starts with us asking this question. Father God, you're asking us, who do we say that you are? Who do you say that I am? God, we know that that's the beginning of a life filled with mission, filled with purpose, filled with love. Who do you say that I am? Because we approach you with all of our brokenness, all of the pain, all of the things that we have held onto, and we bring them to you, we bring them to your cross. We lay them down before you. And Father, we've often lived in the identity that is not true. We've often lived under names that are not who you've called us to be. And you give us an opportunity each and every day to live out a new identity, a new mission, a new purpose in you. So God, transform us today and then this year. We love you, God. Change our hearts and dwell us. Be with us, Emmanuel. In Jesus' name.